Hi, this is Dad Stories, and I'm your dad, Tom Noodla. Hi, Dad. I'm your non-binary child, Eden Noodla, and this is a multi-generational podcast where we compare and contrast stories from our childhood. And today, we have a special guest. Uh, Mom, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm your mom, Amy Noodla. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> Welcome to the show. That's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. What uh, you what are you bringing a special story for us today? Well, um, we are going to talk about sledding. Oh, fun! I've been sledding. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. I think I have some stories too. We had the perfect place to go sledding, um, right in our backyard. Do you remember the place in Concord? Oh yeah. Or, oh, for sure. Up? Yeah, and look overlooking the big lake. So, yep, it was. We called it a pond. <laughs> In a child's eyes. <laughs> yes, the yard had you know a lawn and grass, and then it sloped down pretty steeply to a path that went all around that pond and some other ponds. So it was it was a pretty cool place. As far as sledding goes, we um, had places to sled right down in the back. My dad had dug paths, and we could take this path, take a bit of a left turn, head straight toward the pond. And as long as the pond was frozen, which it usually was if there was snow, shoot out onto the pond. It was very exciting. You could have competitions. You could decide how high up you wanted to start before you might go over the bank and fall into trees and things like that. And so kids would come over from all around. I remember my mom saying that she half the time didn't know who some of these kids were just because we had good sledding trails. So it was like a central sledding meeting place? Yeah, but there were others in the woods, too. Yeah? We just had a good place to start from. But you could get to some of these other places by walking through the woods with your sleds and stuff. Yeah. But um, this was a place you'd come to the house and and then go sledding. So it was fun. The the bank was kind of tricky. You know, sometimes you, you, you had to make a decision how high up to get started to get the right amount of speed to get far out onto the pond. But that taking that turn... You could end up flying through it. And there were a lot of trees and things like that to hit as well. Did you ever hit a tree? Uh, You know, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I never really got hurt bad and no one else did. So, I mean, no one one ever ended up in the hospital or anything like that. We survived. Uh, The the other place wrought with danger was getting onto the pond. Because it wasn't like a smooth beach to the pond. It was a kind of a... Like a bank? A bank. You went down into a bank. So it was like a jump. Right. And so when you you take the jump and you'd land on the the um the, on the ice pretty bone jarring land especially mm-hmm. it wasn't so bad sleds seemed to handle it better than the saucers. Saucers were that you come down pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. Um and so we would build it up with snow but that required getting a shovel and work and stuff like that. And if on the weekends my dad might come down and help with a shovel, like watch us fly out onto the pond. If it was a little bit too much of a jump, he'd add more snow. Mm -hmm. But I I don't think he was there very often. But what he did do was one year made, decided that the turn was too tricky and decided to make a toboggan run, dug out into the side of the hill, this straight shot onto the pond. It was just a straight shot onto the pond. And one Christmas under the tree was a toboggan. And so that was the year we tried toboggan down the trail. I think that toboggans are mostly meant for hills that have lots of space because you'd fall off the trail. 
So I because yeah, I, I, no, you can't steer because it. you can't steer a toboggan, yeah. Yeah. and it was still straight and you could still do it. And so you know, Dad tried to build that up. I think that was that was just sort of a one winter mm-hmm. deal, the mm-hmm. toboggan, but it was pretty cool. Okay. So anyway, that was that was those are my memories of sledding. Sledding memories. Yeah. Got a question for you. Mm. You a sled person or a saucer person? Mm, sled. Sled. Yeah. There's only two kinds of people in this world. Yeah, you think just two? <laughs> sled people and saucer people. So you're a sled person. Yeah, and then the rogue toboggan person. Yeah, no, yeah. toboggans are just too. I mean, they're fun and all, but because I think that the most fun about toboggans is the crash. You know, because you all go. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, the big thing with toboggans is it's not a. It's it rarely would one person oh, yeah. ride the. Toboggan. No, it's a multiple. Yeah, mm, always. Yeah. So that's like a different category yeah. altogether. I feel like toboggans were not a thing when I was growing up. Mm. Like, were, were, were they, like, extra dangerous? Because I have a lot of nostalgia for the toboggan aesthetic, but mm-hmm. then no actual experience with one. I think because they're, like, metal. And I think probably if you get run over by a toboggan, you probably get hurt way more than with the, one of those plastic. Well, our, our toboggan was a pretty wood thing. Wood. And, and it had little pads on it. No. And and then there was like a rope that gets strung around the edges that you can hold on to. It, I thought really the most funny you you, you nailed it, mm-hmm. Dad was the um, multiple people. Right. And so yeah. sometimes it's most fun to be out front, and sometimes it's most fun to be in the middle, and sometimes it's most fun to be in the back. <laughs> I, I actually have a very interesting story about our toboggan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we had a toboggan, uh-huh. and so. Uh, and so, Eden, I have a couple of thoughts about why toboggans were not a big thing for your <laughs> generation. And uh-huh. we'll talk about that at the end of my short anecdote about toboggan. Hmm. We also had a I hill in remember. our backyard. The thing, the issue with our hill was, I remember your hill in Concord, and your hill was bigger than our hill. Mm-hmm. As we got into middle school age, our hill became a little bit too small for us. So... I and my two friends, Art and Earl, wanted to figure out how to make that hill longer. At the same time, at that same winter that was happening, the Olympics was going on, the Winter Olympics. That was the year, my first year of age, where I knew what the Olympics was about, and I watched the Winter Olympics, and my favorite events were ski jumping and slalom and downhill skiing, but the all-time favorite was the bobsled. (laughs) I I loved that bobsled, and so I, I really wanted to try it, you know, just... Being on a sled and going down a banked course all made of ice, it, it excited me. And so I took that interest in the bobsled and I got with my buddies and I said, you know what we could do is we could make a toboggan bobsled run down the hill on the far side of the yard. And then when it got to the bottom, we could bank a turn like you do in a bobsled run and then have it run parallel to the barbed wire fence that marked the bottom of our hill. But it would be ice, so we would still have enough momentum. It would carry us the whole length of the of the hill, and we'd get twice as long a ride as we'd ever had before. And everybody bought into that. They'd been watching the Olympics, too. So we set about... So wait, the, the mother in me is... I, 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 I just perked up when you said the, 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 the turn at the barbed wire fence. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, yeah. go on. Yeah, that's not to be overlooked. Okay. Comes up later. <laughs> So we'd had a good snowfall. We had about half a foot of snow on the ground. That's enough. So we we made a toboggan run by having one of us sit on the toboggan while the other two pushed it slowly down the snow, which packed the snow, but just where the toboggan was. And when we got to the bottom, then we sort of twisted it so that we could get the 90-degree turn, and then we continued the track all the way down 
parallel to the fence. Mm-hmm. And then we had to bank the turn because we'd be coming down fast, just like the bobsled run. So we took our saucers and we scooped up all the snow around and piled it up right at the bank. And we, we formed by padding it with our hands, this large bank so that we, you know, we had visions of coming down and it would move us up on the side of it like they did on the bobsled, you know, where we'd be almost sideways to the ground and back down on the path and we would go. And then we, it took us all afternoon, but we got buckets of ice and we iced down our whole toboggan track, the bank turn, <laughs> and our long track running parallel. And we were we were excited about our uh, bobsled run, toboggan slash bobsled run. Um, and so the next day, we got the toboggan out. And the toboggan was an old one that my, I think it was my dad's when he was a kid, the old wooden toboggan. And what we decided was I would be in front and Art, who was the littlest, would be in the middle, and Earl would be in the back, and he would give us a standing push, kind of like in the real bobsled, you know, where you'd push <laughs> mm-hmm. a few steps and run and then hop on. <laughs> and oh, oh, go ahead. And then when we were all on, or what Art and I would do is we would push with our hands so we could continue to keep our momentum going even as we're going down our little hill. So the, we worked that plan to perfection. Mm-hmm. And we're coming down that hill, and we get to the bank, and we are, we are flying. I mean, the track worked really well. What didn't work so well was our bank. Mm -hmm. So when we hit that bank, instead of us giving us that Mm 90-degree turn, you know, just like in the bobsled, it turned into a launch pad. And, I mean, it was a ramp. It launched us up in the air like a ramp. But it had a little bit of a twist, so it actually twisted us in midair. And now we're flying in the air, and and we crashed right into the fence post of that barbed wire fence. Mm -hmm. And I think... If we had if we had made that ramp maybe six inches higher, we would have cleared that fence. I mean, we really flew high, <laughs> but we hit that thing and it stopped us cold. And so, me being in the front, I flew into the barbed wire, mm-hmm. and so you know, I got my face scratched and I ripped my jacket. But Art, who was sitting behind me, he flew into me, and his head flew into the back of my head, and he just got a bloody lip and a fat lip. And and the same thing happened to Earl with Art. He came forward, hit Art in the head, and got his old fat lip and bloody head or a bloody mouth. And we fall to the ground. And uh, we had that kind of eerie silence mm-hmm. where nobody was moving. We were kind of self-checking ourselves out. And then we looked at the toboggan, and we had we had totally destroyed the front end of that toboggan because it hit the fence post with the barbed wire fence. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we looked at each other, and we realized we were going to be okay. And so we laughed like a bunch of happy idiots. And then we took that toboggan up and hit it so my dad couldn't find it. And it was several years later before we gave it a decent burial to honor the uh, thrill we'd gotten from our failed effort to make our banked bobsled toboggan run. So that's my toboggan. It's so funny because we also, you know, we had that bank turn I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. But we would start like a few feet above the bank turn and then make it. Because you're going slow enough. Right. And then we go up a little higher and make, make it. it. And then we go up a little higher, not make it, and then bank it some more. Oh, so you could, and, and, you could you, adjust. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so. <laughs> uh, Eden, what do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, like, I think also it was interesting because, like, Grampy was pretty involved in that process. And he's very much an engineer. Yeah. And so I could see he that. think big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But also that kind of trial and error probably would have rubbed off on all y'all and uh, maybe that investment in the proper run (laughs) and that idea of that trial and error really coming through. And we can really see that that difference between um, 
or uh, track development. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. That's funny. In Virginia, where I spent my first five years, we had a pretty incredible sledding situation because we had a very steep driveway that led out into a cul-de-sac. And so mm-hmm. for the handful of snow and ice storms that we got, I think that the sledding was pretty good, but I was a you know toddler. So it's these smatterings of moments. And then by the time that we moved to Michigan, we didn't really have any good sledding that was immediately around us. And right. so all of the sledding that I did growing up was an activity that you went to. And so yeah. I don't really like my impression of sledding as an adult is that it's not very fun, that it's 90% walking up hills and 2% flying down hills and then 8% <laughs> getting snow up your butt and or crashing into other children <laughs> including <laughs> the time that I got the bloody lip from Bobby walking away while I was going down the hill and then me just like slow motion crashing into his plastic sled which if that yeah. had been wood would have broken my face yeah. Oh, yeah we were there for that uh-huh. that's, uh, that's a memory that can't be forgotten yeah <laughs> No, you know, it's funny because, you know, I listened to the your story. I remember bloody lips and things like that. You know, I, just, I don't remember a specific thing like you do, but I know it happened. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, blood on the snow kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, is by the time we got to our parents, it was a little different. Whereas when you got hit in the mouth, I felt guilty. Yeah. <laughs> like it was yeah. my fault. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with parents having more surveillance over their kids is that when we do inevitably get hurt, <laughs> right. get you now also have to feel bad. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's actually a good observation. Mm. This is very true. So, but did you have any good experiences or unique experiences that you remember? I have one unique experience that I remember, and uh, it was also I, I pretty much. I don't know if I ever really went sledding with friends. I think that probably happened a couple times because we would, the golf course would open up during the winter for downhill sledding. And so that would have happened a couple of times. And then there was a hill near my friend's house that was also a pretty good sledding hill. But they were always just so crowded that I just don't remember having a really good time. But up at the lake house, they had some sledding hills. And then there was also the time that we took the whole family and Sarah the dog to one of the shut down ski hills Mm -hmm. and we went sledding down that and that was a blast not so much because of sledding which as I said before is mostly just walking up the hill but rather because this was the first time we had taken Sarah sledding Mm -hmm. and she would race down the hill after the sled trying to bite the jacket of the person in back (laughs) to be like, well, you guys are going way too fast. This has to stop now. I think she, I think that was Sarah's our dog. Mm -hmm. I think that was her first time sledding too. Yeah. 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 She she didn't quite get that. No, no, we had snowshoes and we would have to, we had to sled down the hill with the snowshoes because Mm -hmm. we need the snowshoes to climb up the hill. Right. Yeah. So, we we had those with like in our laps or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that I remember being a lot of fun. That one was that was a good sledding experience. Well, part of the part that you didn't see when <laughs> you were doing that with Sarah was I was trying to build a fire 
while you oh. were going down the hill so uh-huh. that we could roast hot dogs on it. Uh-huh. So I got the fire going. But those hills were about as big as anything. I mean, they were old ski hills. It took you a really long time to walk back up that hill. Yeah. And yeah. by the time you got back up, the fire I had built had roared and almost gone out. <laughs> well, and the, and the snow was really deep, and so the fire kept getting buried. You get buried by the yeah. snow that was yeah. melting in it. It wasn't the winter wonderland that we had envisioned yeah. it would be. trying to cook hot dogs, and yeah. you know, they were just cold by the time you got them in your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think you're right. I think the highlight of that trip was Sarah. Uh, oh, yeah. Sarah's experiencing us barreling down the hill, and <laughs> she did not like that. No. But I, I mean, for what it's worth, I have no memory of the bad part of the hot dogs being cold and only of, <laughs> I mean, like, as far, like, I must have had fun sledding at least once, probably, but mostly it was not my favorite snow, it was not my favorite snow activity. Uh, what is, let's what is explore that a little bit more. I have some questions for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mentioned that. Watching the Winter Olympics had reinvigorated or excited my mm. interest for sledding and other things. Do you have any memories of watching the Winter Olympics? Yeah, I would say uh, two things stick out to me the most about my, like, of course, I was really into the Olympics. I was definitely more into the Winter Olympics than the Summer Olympics. <laughs> and I think I really liked figure skating. And then I did end up figure skating for our high school team. By the way, your state your state champion high state school champion. figure skating team. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason that that's so funny is because like we were really bad, right? Like I I didn't grow up figure skating. Like it was something right. that me and my friends did because we wanted to like be able to hang out and you and there weren't tryouts because the team was so small. And so we would just wake up early on Thursdays and then go to the ice rink and like hang out and goof around. But because we all joined and because then we recruited all of our younger siblings, our high school's figure skating team was way bigger than anybody else's in like the nearby region. And so mm-hmm. when we went to States, just by sheer number of being able to compete in like enough events, we were able to place in more events. And so we won the state championship. <laughs> yeah. So like, I think it's just a good lesson in the power of showing up. Yeah. yeah just showing up. Right. Yeah. And so anyway, that, so figure skating and like, that was always that I always was really quite enamored with, uh, that I also really enjoyed, um, the hats. <laughs> oh, the hats. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Also, I'm just realizing I was just playing with a a balloon, and so I'm sorry for any squeaking audio that just happened. Anyway, the hats. So for one of the Olympics while I was in middle school, the Team USA had these slopey, I think of them as like backwards newsboy hats, Mm -hmm. but there was, I don't, I'm sure that they have a proper name, but I thought that they were so cool and so we went to Target one year and like bought the Olympic merchandise of mm-hmm. those backwards caps, which yeah. is so dorky. Well, I, I still wear that hat. I love that it's hat. A great hat. It's a really good hat. I feel like since then I have heard so many people like ragging on those hats, but I mm-hmm. just thought they were the coolest thing. And I'm, I, and I, Still do. Yeah, I still think it's a cool hat. hat. <laughs> it's a gray hat. It's a 
has like big old USA across the front. Yeah, what's that? Didn't you also like like one Winter Olympics the uh, Team Canada hat too? Oh, probably. I was really that whole the whole like opening game and everybody's uniforms because I was also really into fashion as a young person and was pretty in tune with different designers. I was following that at one point, and then when I actually went to Michigan, joined the fashion magazine and was a fashion director and makeup artist for a shoot and uh, I would do art for the shows for the um, runways. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and then when then we've always expect... all been hat people. And then we were, the, we're a family of hat people. <laughs> to this day, there's actually, I have a whole like array of hats as wall decoration in my home. <laughs> yeah. Me yeah. too. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just say that it wasn't until I became a dad that I realized that there was a fashion element to the Olymp- winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. Mm. That had never crossed my no. my mindset. The politics are very interesting about that, by the way. Just throwing it out there. Like, Ralph Lauren has designed the last couple of years of Olympics, but then recently those have been constructed in China, and people have made a big hullabaloo about the Team USA outfits yeah, being made yeah. in China. And so, yeah. anyway, I have no personal opinion or, like, really I'd in interest mm. in that, but it is important. Yeah. To many people. Yeah. For both of you, mm-hmm. uh, I have a um, favorite question. Okay. So we've talked about on, on this episode as well as a couple of others, uh, winter uh, activities. I'm going to ask you which one of the following activities, which one or two are your favorite? Is it sledding, downhill skiing, cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, or ice skating? And Eden, you can go first. Okay. Power ranking. Ice skating, number one, for sure. Mm-hmm. Between figure skating and hockey skating, I don't really like have a, a do, wouldn't go between the two of them. Uh, it depends on the day. Then cross country skiing, mm-hmm. then snowshoeing, mm, no, sledding, sledding. then okay. snowshoeing. Sledding, then snowshoeing, and then downhill. All right, mom? Um, cross country skiing's first, mm-hmm. then skating, mm. then snowshoeing. Eh, snowshoeing, then skating. Then sledding, then downhill skiing. Okay, but I sorry, I um, it's changed over time. And when I said skating, because I was thinking about my uh, youth. Youth. I mean, that pond was a great skating pond. It was always shoveled, and then you could skate the whole pond. And you know, one year water was drained out of it, and so the ice became little ice hills where the cracks were and that kind of thing. And there were times you get black ice and see. Anyway, I have wonderful memories of skating when we were young. So that's why it was, I, yeah. I, I, I hesitated. Okay. But now I love snowshoeing because now we do it. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm sorry. I just wanted to clarify my hesitation. Mm-hmm. Eden, downhill skiing. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get into that, Dad, Dad what's your power ranking? Oh, well, I, I have the same kind of dilemma as Mom because my whole life, yeah. downhill skiing was my favorite sport. I mean, I raced downhill skis. I was on the National Ski Patrol. That was a big deal for me, and that would all, that would have always been number one up until well, essentially until family <laughs> happened. Um, so that switched over to cross country skiing, and now cross country skiing is my favorite by far, with snowshoe snowshoeing being second. And then after that, I'd probably have to say skating because I still do like to skate. And uh, but for me, it's all hockey skates. Even when I had figure skates, we used them to play hockey with, and they didn't last very long. Mm. So. Uh, Downhill skiing. Downhill skiing, yeah. Do you have any memories of that at all? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. 
I know there must not be positive. Not positive <laughs> so. my, my memories end in like a rotator cuff injury, but you, yeah, go, you go on, yours. Eden. <laughs> so I have maybe three downhill skiing slash snowboarding memories. I have the ones from Hanson Hills, which was the very small ski resort in Grayling. Mm-hmm. And going down the bunny hill and that being fine, mostly. And not liking, I didn't like um, the T lift or the rope lift that that was always like really nerve wracking for me, that there was the line behind me and like I wasn't confident enough as a skater or uh, as a skier to be able to like grab on or to get my butt underneath it in the amount of time that I needed to like get myself up the hill. And so... And I remember I've have several times like fallen in such a way that the entire line has had to stop. And so the majority of my downhill skiing memories are actually about going up the yeah. hill, which we can compare and contrast that to my sledding experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're picking up a pattern here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> like, anyway, and then going down was fine. We went to Boyne Mountain one year and you put my brother and I into a skiing class for kids. And I was like one of the oldest kids in that group. I think there's a story in that that I think you probably could tell better because I think you had eyeballs on it of me actually like saving a kid from falling out of the bench by just like pushing him back in. Um, but I didn't know about this until later. So anyway, I'd love to come back to that. But there was a competition at the end of the day where we would race to go down the hill. And I won because I was the biggest and heaviest thing going down the hill. Physics thing. Fourth in mass. Got a pretty good trophy from it, which we uh, call back to our trophy conversation, was another one of the trophies that we would use in the Noodla Olympics as a prize for the winner. We still have it. (laughs) Finally, I had a snowboarding, a brief snowboarding experience when I was much older in high school. And that was just with me and my friends. You weren't there. I tried out snowboarding, but my snowboard didn't have a stomp pad, which is the little like uh, sandpaper-like material that goes on that goes under the foot that isn't strapped Mm -hmm. in. Mine didn't, and so I was just slipping off of it constantly, including falling off of the T lift. And, like, somebody being like, use your stomp pad! And me being like, I don't have one! And then I fell and hit my head, and I was done. And then I went and moped in the ski lodge Mm. for a couple hours, which it was warm, and I... Just kind of traumatic uphill experiences. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, well, that kind of does cover everything. (laughs) I mean, you pretty much covered the downhill skiing story that that I remember as well. Tell the story about the time I saved the kid. Oh, that's all I remember. Do you remember more than that? Um, So I remember being surprised because they were on the chairlift in front of us, and I was like, oh, my gosh, they're taking them up this big hill. You know, that surprised me. We just were watching the two of you in front of us going up. So it was just a coincidence that we were behind you? Oh, okay. Oh, I think so, yeah. Okay, okay. And then what, some kid was uh, slipping and eating? Eating grab. Saved his life. That's our story, and we're sticking to it. Okay. Does anybody have any 
other things before I wrap up with a few comments? Well, the only thing about, I cross-country skied a lot, too, and back in those hills and the woods, and one of the things that I remember doing, I had friends that lived kind of on the other side of town. You had to go around, it might take like 20 minutes to drive there, but we could ski to each other through the woods and meet each other, and it would take me 10 minutes to meet each other, and so I'd ski down that toboggan trail that Dad had made, because that was a nice way down and there were paths you could take to cross-country ski, and we would eventually, you know, meet up with our friends. And then there was sort of state property that we skied around. Right, right. Um, and, but th- that was how I was able to meet, like, Joan and Marie. And they would live really kind of far away by the way the roads go. But not, um, by, but not, by, not by a cross-country yeah, ski. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's a good memory. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. kind of makes you like a Scandinavian. Yeah, you right. Know, a Scandinavian kid. Right. You know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I, I wanted to wrap this up with, with two things that we had visited and have discussed, but maybe not pinned down. Eden, you had brought up the point about why toboggans weren't around uh, as much uh, when you were growing up as when we were growing up. And it was really hard to pull a toboggan up a hill. That mm-hmm. prevented us always from doing many runs with a toboggan because it was so hard to get up the hill. We're having- and um the only other thing I'll mention about that in summary is that all all of our sleds and saucers always seem to end up at the end of the day at the bottom of the hill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so, you know, that's a, it's a memory of mine that just said that the toboggan sleds and saucers, and when you left them out overnight, they froze in the snow and snow froze to them and then they wouldn't slide anymore. And you either had to figure out a way to scrape it off and melt it off or you couldn't go sledding. And that was always a constant pain in the neck. We were too lazy to carry them up and we paid the consequence over and over because the next time we wanted to go sledding, we couldn't (laughs) use them because they were frozen in the snow. Buried. That kind of wraps up this conversation. Our next episode, I wanted to discuss 4th of July memories. Oh, there you go. I've got some interesting 4th of July uh, stories to share. Then the other thing I just wanted to share with the folks that um, listen to our podcast is we're starting to get feedback on suggestions for other topics to discuss in a compare and contrast fashion. Grammy and Grandpa asked us to talk about our Halloween experiences, and we had another uh, friend ask us to do a compare and contrast conversation on music. So if anybody uh, has any ideas that they think we might be able to discuss in an entertaining fashion, please send your suggestions to dadstoriespodcast at gmail.com. That email is also listed on our website. And we'll take a look at that and see if we've got enough information from our own family experience to share that. And where can people find the link to the website? Well, the website is dadstoriespodcast.com. Yeah, it sounds really good. Thanks, Mom, so much for joining us. It was really well, fun having you Thank you, you today. for inviting me. It was my pleasure. Well, I love you both very, very much, and I look forward to talking to you, you soon. Bye-bye. I love, I love you, too. Bye-bye. Bye.